Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. This is part two of a three-part episode in which I'm playing around with ChatGPT in order to see how it can help you learn English. ChatGPT, as you probably know, uh, is a sophisticated AI chatbot. Everyone's been talking about it since it was uh, released or since ChatGPT3 was released at the end of last year. Since then, lots of people have been talking about it and exploring and finding out ways it can be useful. Uh, people have been debating about whether it's a good thing or not. You can ask ChatGPT questions and give it commands and it responds instantly. This is the most advanced AI chatbot that I've ever used. And it's quite impressive how it can do so many different tasks. We're all finding out how we can use it and how it can be useful as a time-saving tool for many things, including learning and teaching English. Um, I used it for the first time in an English lesson yesterday morning. I asked it to um, create some example sentences for the target language we were learning, uh, for the vocabulary items that we were learning. I asked it to create some example sentences, and it did that very well. And then I asked it to uh, remove the target vocabulary from those sentences and replace them with numbers to create a quick sort of vocabulary exercise, a memory test to see if the, the, my, my students could remember the, the words that were missing. And then I asked it to create some fun conversation questions uh, using all of the, the vocabulary items. And it did that instantly. And most of the questions were pretty good. They were actually quite good questions for having uh, conversations. So, and I did that all live in the classroom in front of my, uh, my students and everyone was quite amazed by it. And it was very interesting. Everyone was like, really interested in seeing how it worked and, um, and they were very engaged with the, with, with the lesson as a result. So it's an interesting experience. Obviously there's arguments for and against ChatGPT. Um, of course, it's not without its critics. Some of those criticisms include the fact that ChatGPT will probably encourage cheating because people are just going to be using it to, uh, you know, create essays, which they should be doing themselves, and other types of work, which they should be doing themselves. It's kind of a shortcut. Um, so it probably will encourage cheating. It's just making it much easier. And it will make it harder for institutions like schools or universities to detect cheating. Uh, Noam Chomsky, the well-known linguist and intellectual, has described ChatGPT as high-tech plagiarism. Plagiarism is basically when you take other people's work and you pass it off as your own without um, without referencing the where you got the ideas and the work from. 
right? So uh, Noam Chomsky has said it's basically high-tech plagiarism because it essentially uh, regurgitates other people's work and doesn't provide citations or sources for the information it provides. And also people are suggesting that ChatGPT or AI in general could ultimately lead to a lot of people losing their jobs. So does that include me and other English teachers like me? Can ChatGPT replace English teachers, content creators, or even the need to practice English with humans at all? I'm not entirely sure at this stage, and we're all working out these things at the moment, um, since this is perhaps the first time this kind of technology has been so accessible, and now everyone's using it, learning about it, and thinking about it. Uh, there are very interesting debates about what's going on. But in this episode, I'm focusing mainly on things you can do with ChatGPT, seeing how it works and evaluating its effectiveness as a language learning tool. And I'll be sharing lots of prompts that you can use to do certain things. Uh, also coming up in this part are these questions. How well does ChatGPT handle role plays in order to let you prepare to use English in specific situations? Can you simulate job interview situations with it? Can you take a job interview advert, a job that you're interested in applying for, can you take that advert and input, in, input it into ChatGPT and ask it to interview you based on that job description? How can it deal with job interview situations? Can it create useful texts or dialogues for studying with? Can it help you with exam preparation? Uh, Cambridge exam preparation like IELTS or FCE or CAE. Can it help you with those things by providing sample written texts in response to exam tasks? And can it give you good advice for doing Cambridge exams? Can it work like a teacher in guiding you towards the right kind of approach for Cambridge exams? And can it create reliable, useful exam practice tasks to help you prepare for IELTS? Well, let's find out now as we continue to play around with ChatGPT. By the way, there is a PDF script for all the things I'm saying in this episode, including all the prompts I'm using. You can get that script on the page for this episode on my website. You'll find a link in the description. If you're watching this on YouTube, you will see uh, text on the screen. And I recommend that you watch this in full screen mode so that you can see the text more easily. Okay, right, so let's now continue and here we go. Right, conversation role plays for specific situations. If you need to practice, um, if you need practice of using English in certain specific situations, you can ask it to help you. For example, this, I am a hotel receptionist. Can you help me deal with customer complaints? Let's try that. Of course, I'll be happy to help you with some general tips for dealing with customer complaints. And then it's, it's giving me a list of tips. Uh, listen attentively, apologize, offer a solution, keep calm and remain professional, follow up, and then a summary. Okay, so it just gave me advice, like an article about how to deal with customer complaints. You can, you can ask it to create sample dialogues for you for different situations, right? So if you are working in a hotel and you are looking for all the right things to say to customers in different situations, you can ask ChatGPT to make dialogues for those situations. And then you can study the phrases and study the, the way in which is, it, it, it does it. So can you make a dialogue between a hotel receptionist and a customer making a complaint about 
um, their, um, their, about their room. So let's see what happens there. And ChatGPT says, sure, here's an example dialogue between a hotel receptionist and a customer making a complaint about their room. And then we've got the dialogue. Receptionist, good morning, how may I, si how may I assist you? Good morning, how may I assist you? Customer, hi, I'm staying in room 305 and I'm not happy with it. The room is too small and the air conditioner doesn't seem to be working properly. I'm feeling really uncomfortable. Receptionist, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. Can you please tell me more about this, about the issues you're facing so that I can assist you better? Customer, sure, the room feels cramped and I can hardly move around and the air conditioner is not cooling the room adequately. I've tried adjusting the settings, but it's not making any difference. Receptionist, I'm sorry to hear that you're feeling uncomfortable. Please allow me to apologise for the inconvenience caused. I'll definitely look into this matter and try to resolve the issue. Can you give me a moment to check for available rooms that may better suit your needs? The customer says, yes, please. And the receptionist says, thank you for waiting. I've checked and found that we have some larger rooms available on a higher floor. I can offer you a free upgrade to a better room with a bigger space and a properly functioning air conditioner. Would you be interested in that? The customer and it, the, the conversation goes on and everything ends happily. It has a nice happy ending. Obviously, in reality, it doesn't always go like that. What happens is the receptionist says, I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm afraid we've got no other available rooms. And um, I'm afraid, you know, I'm afraid you, you did book a, a, a um, an economy room and, you know, blah, blah, blah. All the specifications of our rooms are listed on the website. And, you know, it, it doesn't always go like that. But anyway, it creates a pretty good model dialogue. Um, the language you can see is professional and polite and a good example of the kind of English you would need in that situation, right? ChatGPT is good at this kind of thing. But as a teacher in class doing this task, I might want to make sure this dialogue contains certain target language, which I want to present and practice. Also, as a teacher, I might um, decide to um, redefine parts of the role play and make sure that, for example, um, that my learners were forced to use certain language or were forced to um, have to say more difficult things, you know. Again, there isn't a brain there looking at the bigger picture, guiding you, interpreting your needs and reactions, anticipating and planning as it prepares learning materials and activities for you. But having said that, if you are an independent learner, if you're an autonomous learner and you know how to use ChatGPT, uh, it can be very helpful and convenient. I was joking about how it takes its time sometimes, but I mean, it's incredible the how you can instantly get resources from it. I mean, that is stunning. But as I said, conversation can be hard to maintain. You need to give it specific instructions if you want to converse with it. Otherwise, it will generally just create a dialogue. So let's try this. Let's do a role play. You pretend to be a hotel customer with a complaint and I will be the receptionist. Can you also correct my English errors during the role play? Right, so this is where I want to actually be able to take part in the dialogue. Let's see how it deals with this. Oh, an error occurred. Let's refresh. Okay, let's try that again. Here we go. Let's do a role play. Uh, oh, it says, oh, yeah, I could definitely do that. Let's get started with the role play. And it says this, you, good morning. I would like to make a complaint. Receptionist, 
Good morning. Of course. I'm sorry to hear that. What seems to be the problem? You. Well, I've been staying in room 305 for the past two nights and the air conditioning hasn't been working properly. And then, basically, it just creates the dialogue. So this is not a role play. It's just created both sides of the dialogue again. And this is not what I wanted. Right? So that's, that's, it just created the dialogue writing lines for both people. So let's see what happens if I rewrite the prompt more specifically. Now this does require quite a lot of control from the person using it. But anyway, um, what I've, what I've written here is let's do a role play. You pretend to be a hotel customer with a complaint and I will be the receptionist. I will start by writing, hello, can I help you? Then give your response and wait for me to reply before writing the next line. Can you also correct my English errors during the role play? Let's see how it responds to that. Sure, I'd be happy to do that. Let's begin. <laughs> it's done it again. Me, hi there. How can I assist you today? You, yes, hello. I have a complaint about my room and so on and so forth. So it's just done exactly the same thing it did before. This is interesting because the other day when I tried that, it did it correctly. So it's a bit hit and miss. I'll stop it generating the response. You pretend to be a hotel customer with a complaint and I will be the receptionist. Hmm. I'm going to just say, wait for my, me to reply, re, wait for me to reply before writing the next line. Let's try that again. I've just simplified it a little bit. Is it going to do it? No, it's done it again. It's just written out the whole dialogue. Hmm. Let me try and do this again. You pretend to be a hotel customer with a complaint. I will be the, the receptionist. Please wait for me to reply before continuing with your responses. Is it going to work? I haven't asked it to correct my errors because that's a bit too complicated. Oh, it's done it again. Okay, stop. One more try. Can you pretend to be a hotel customer with a complaint? Just that. Sure. And no, there we go. It's done another dialogue. So it's very hard to, to get it to do that. I mean, the other day, it, it did it. Uh, without getting it wrong. I think sometimes what you need to do is start a brand new chat so that it doesn't have previous um, requests in the same thread. Because I think it might use those previous requests as context. It might assume that you want to do the same thing that it did before. So start a new chat. I'll go back to my original response, which was, you pretend to be the customer I'll start, you give your response and wait for me to reply, and can you correct my errors? Let's see if it finally gets this right. It's thinking. It's like thinking, ah, oh, oh, I see. All right. Um, okay, you're, I'm a customer. I've got a complaint. Um, mm, all right, so you, you're going to write your response and I have to wait. Okay, it's like, okay, role play, role play, role play, role play, role play. Um, Sure, I'd be happy, it says, sure, I'd be happy to help with the role play and correct any errors in your English. Come on, let's, let's get started. Yes, let's get started. And then it says, receptionist, that's supposed to be me. How can I help you? 
Customer! Oh, it's done it again. It's done it again. So I'm just going to write, it's very difficult to persuade it to do this. That's annoying. Let's move on to job interview role plays. Okay, so my prompt this time is this. Can you interview me for a job as a TEFL teacher at a new language school in Paris? So let's just imagine, for the sake of argument, that I am about to have a, an interview for a new job as a teacher in a language school. I'm going to be an English teacher. Let's say I'm going to go for a new job and it's the day before the interview and I would just like to practice responding to typical questions that I might be asked in the job interview for a job like that, just to get me in the right mindset. Let's see what it says. Here we go. Sure, I can certainly do that. Let's get started with the interview. Firstly, could you tell me a little bit about your previous experience as a TEFL teacher? Also, could you describe your teaching style and how you adapt it to different student needs? Additionally, what strategies do you use to engage and motivate students in the classroom? And finally, why are you interested in working at our language school in Paris specifically? I'm going to say, can you ask me, ask me one question at a time and wait for my response, please? Let's be nice. Okay, come on then. Of course, I apologise for jumping ahead. That's okay. Let's begin with the first question. Could you tell me a little bit about your previous experience as a TEFL teacher? Now, I'm, I'm going to see... I'm going to test it now, and I'm going to present myself as a terrible candidate, just to see how it re re reacts. What do you think? Now, I, okay, first of all, I'll be a good candidate, and then I'll switch and see if switching to a different attitude, see if it, how it reacts to that. So I'll answer this one properly, but then the next question, I'm going to switch and have a different approach and let's see how it reacts to that. Could you tell me a little bit about your previous experience? So I have been teaching English for over 20 years to add to uh, learners at all levels and ages in general English, business English and more. Um, I have taught um, in, in London, um, Japan and in France. Probably be enough, uh, experience. Yeah. Great. That sounds like a lot of valuable experience. Can you tell me a little bit more about the types of classes you've taught in the past, such as groups, group classes or one-to-one -one classes? And how do you typically structure your lessons? Okay. And this is where I'm going to change my approach and I'm going to start acting like a terrible teacher. Right, okay, I generally don't um, prepare for lessons because I can't be bothered really and nobody, nobody cares anyway. I generally don't prepare for lessons because I can't be bothered really and nobody cares anyway. Let's see what it says. I see, thank you for your honesty. However, I must inform you that preparation is an important aspect of teaching, as it allows you to create engaging and effective lessons tailored to the needs of your students. In fact, our language school places a strong emphasis on lesson planning and preparation. Could you tell me more about your thoughts on lesson planning and how you might approach it? Oof. That was actually a... That's good, isn't it? That's good. That's, that's a good response. It did react to, to my bad attitude. Okay, I'll just say, ha ha, I was 
only joking. I always prepare thoroughly, thoroughly. I hold on. Have I spelt? Th- yeah, of course I spelt thoroughly wrong. There it is. Okay. I hope that won't affect my chances of getting the job. I'd be glad to tell you more about my lesson plans if you if you want. <laughs> How is it going to reply to that? Is it going to get the joke? It's obviously a terrible joke. I mean, it's a really weird thing to do to suddenly, oh, I don't care. Ha, only joking. I don't think we'll be employing you. So ChatGPT is now struggling to understand what the hell's going on. ChatGPT is going, uh, what is this, British humour? Uh, what are you doing to me? ChatGPT is now whispering to its colleague going, um, I think, um, should we terminate the interview? I don't know. What do you think? Is it worth it? Well, we've got plenty of other candidates to see today. You know, that was a bit of a weird response, don't you think? Mm, yeah, it's a bit of a red flag. What do you think then? Should we? And it's, it's like, just, just say that you appreciate his sense of humour and carry on and we'll decide later. Okay. And it says, I appreciate your sense of humour. And I'm glad to hear that you take lesson planning seriously. Full stop. Please tell me more about your lesson planning process and how you tailor your lessons to the needs of your students or learners students okay all right well i i I, this is pretty good though right I mean, this generally worked quite well. It generated questions one after the other. It also responded when I asked for clarification. I didn't actually ask for clarification, but it it would do. Uh, But I've written here, this is the, these notes that I wrote for this episode, I wrote uh, after playing around with ChatGPT before. So this is based on responses it gave to me before. And I've written, it couldn't handle too much improvisation, including my questions about the pay, using the toilet, getting a coffee, the working hours, etc. Well, let's try that. Let's try that again. Um, actually, what is there? Is there free coffee? <clears throat> Actually, is there free coffee? And it says, I'm not sure about the availability of free coffee at our language school, but I'd be happy to check with our management team if that's an important factor for you. However, I'd like to focus on the interview questions relating to your experience as a TEFL teacher and your teaching strategies. Would you be willing to discuss these further? Yes, but first, can you tell me about the hours? How is it going to respond to that? Certainly, our language school offers both full-time and part-time positions, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I take it back. I mean, it does handle the improvisation quite well. Pretty good. Now, let's see if it can help you or anyone prepare for an interview for a specific position. So, my prompt now will be, can we do a job interview role play? I'll interview a job advertisement and you can then interview me for the position. All right. 
I'll interview. All right. Can we do a job interview? I'll input a job advertisement and then you can you interview me for the position? All right. See what it says here. And it says, sure, that sounds like a great idea. Please go ahead and input the job advertisement and we can start the role play interview from there. OK, so what you could do here is you can just input all the details from a job advertisement. So just paste all the text from an online job advert. For example, I don't know, whatever, marketing manager job advert or TEFL teacher France job advert or podcast host job advert. OK, um, now inputting a large amount of text can confuse ChatGPT and it tends to just summarize the text. But then you can say, ask me interview questions based on the job description I gave you. And it should ask you some pretty good questions relevant to that job, which will allow you to simulate the interview on your own, or at least prepare some answers to the questions it gives you. You could type your questions into ChatGPT and ask it for feedback. All right, that you could do that. I'm not going to demonstrate that now, but I mean, you get the idea, right? So you could do all those things, but beware of just practicing English through typing. Don't forget that in the real world, you have to speak spontaneously and you have to use social skills while doing it, including things like body language. And those are things you have to practice. OK, so beware of overusing this and thinking of this as a substitute for actual human speaking practice. Another thing, sample dialogues or texts. So we've kind of seen some of that already. You can ask it to produce sample texts or sample dialogues, which you can then study with. Uh, to be fair, I think this isn't really necessary as there are so many texts and resources already available for you, including ones which are specifically created to help you learn English. But yes, they are in published books and materials that you might not have access to. Also, it's simple to just go to ChatGPT and ask it to create any text or dialogue you want following your specific instructions. Let's just do that as an example. Uh, can you write a 300 word text containing useful phrases for talking about, uh, what would it be? Talking about, um, Think about something, Luke, quick. Talking about using the toilet. <laughs> in, that's in response to um, the episode I did with Amber and Paul recently. Just the first thing I thought of. A 300-word text containing useful vocabulary and phrases for talking about using the toilet in English. Let's see what it says. Let's see what kind of vocab is going to come up here. Sure, here's a 300-word text containing useful vocab and phrases for talking about using the toilet in English. Using the toilet is a basic human need that we all have to attend to at some point. There are various terms and phrases that are commonly used in English to refer to this process. For example, you might, see, might say that you need to go to the bathroom, use the restroom, or visit the lavatory. It doesn't highlight which ones are American and which, is, which ones are British. Um, once you are in the restroom, you mean the toilet. There are also specific words and phrases that you can use to describe what you're doing. If you need to urinate, you can say that you need to pee or take a leak. American English. If you need to defecate, <laughs> you can say that you need to poop, take a dump, or have a bowel movement. Note, interesting to note that it doesn't talk about the register of those 
phrases. Poop is kind of like English that children might use. Take a dump is more informal and probably quite inappropriate language. Um, and have a bowel movement is more like sort of formal language or language that a doctor might use. Uh, when you are finished using the toilet, it's important to clean yourself thoroughly. In English, we often refer to this process as wiping, cleaning up or washing up. Some people prefer to use wet wipes or toilet paper to clean themselves, while others may prefer to use a bidet or other type of cleaning device. It's also important, to, and it goes on and on and on. I mean, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, can you tell me the diff... I mean, what? Diff uh, you, could, you could do millions of things. But that's quite useful. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Just another point to remember, no speaking, right? Remember, ChatGPT won't say any of these sentences because it's only in text form. Um, another prompt. Can you create a 200-word story to present the use of narrative verb tenses in English? A useful thing. Certainly as an English teacher, this is the sort of text I often will look for for my lessons. Can you create a 200-word story to present the use of narrative verb tenses in English? Now, what I want from this is a range of verb tenses. We're going to want past simple, past continuous, past perfect, with good, clear examples of how those forms are used and how they are different to each other. Right? So, uh, assessment criteria for this. Did it do that? So, did it give us a, a range of those three verb tenses? Uh, was it a good story? Also, we might also want some other ways of referring to the past as well, not just past simple, past continuous, past perfect. We might, we might want used to, we might want would uh, to refer to the past, maybe uh, some modal verbs for commenting on the past, might have, would have, could have, should have, maybe a bit of third conditional, if it hadn't happened, then it, this would have happened, you know. Let's see if it comes up with that kind of language. Maybe 200 words is, is too few, for this, but let's see what it does. And also, is it a good story as well? Because that's important. You know, you, you want your learning materials to be entertaining and engaging. Okay, it's doing it. Here's a 200-word story to showcase the use of narrative verb tenses in English. And here's the story. Okay, here we go. Are you ready for the story, listeners? When I was in high school, I loved playing basketball. One day, during a particularly intense game, I felt a sharp pain in my ankle. I knew right away that I'd twisted it badly. As I hobbled off the court, my teammates 
My teammates rushed over to help me. They could see that I was in a lot of pain and offered to take me to the nurse's office. Despite my protests, they insisted on helping me and supported me as we made our way across the gym. When we got to the nurse's office, I was relieved to see that she was there and ready to help. She examined my ankle and confirmed that I had indeed twisted it. She gave me some ice to put on it and recommended that I go home and rest for a few days. Looking back on that experience now, I realise how lucky I was to have such caring and supportive friends. Without their help, I might have had to suffer through the pain and discomfort of my twisted ankle alone. Thanks to their kindness, I was able to get the help I needed and heal properly. Okay. What about the story? The story was all right. It was okay. I mean, there was no, not much, it wasn't that interesting. It's just a story about someone who hurt their ankle which is a, a thing that happens to all of us. I mean, we all hurt ourselves at some point. We probably need to learn how to describe what happened. So not bad. Um, it could have been more entertaining, but still. What about in terms of presenting the right language? What are the verb forms it uses? Uh, I loved playing basketball. Um, I felt a sharp pain. I knew right away I had twisted it badly. Okay, so we've got past simple, past simple, past simple, past perfect which is good because most of the time we have past simple in our in our um, stories and a bit of past perfect. So that's the good ratio. Uh, is there any past continuous? I don't think there is any. Um, as I hobbled off the court, my teammates rushed over to help me. It's using some of these other expressions, these linking expressions like as I hobbled off the court, so conjunctions like that, uh, during a particularly intensive game, these time expressions, which are so important, uh, they could see that I was in a lot of pain. So we've got the modal verb could. Um, and they offered to take me to the nurse's office despite my protests. So, you know, a little bit of more comp slightly more complex language. Uh, they insisted on helping me and supported me as we made our way across the gym and more past simple. When we got to the nurse's office, I was relieved, blah, 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 blah. She examined and confirmed that I had twisted it. Another bit of past perfect used uh, appropriately. She gave me some ice, recommended I go home and rest for a few days. Recommended that I go home. So we got recommended in that subjunctive form of go after the verb recommend. You know, there's definitely stuff to work with. Looking back on that experience now, I realise blah, blah, blah. So it's not bad, although there was no past continuous in there. We had... Without their help, I might have had to suffer through the pain. So there's a modal verb to refer to the past. Another important thing to practice. Let's ha let's see if we it can do this. Can you um, replace the um, narrative verb forms? Hmm. Now let's see. Can you turn that story into a grammar um, practice? exercise by removing some of the verb forms and replacing them with gaps. Put numbers next to the gaps. Can it do that? Let's see. Sure. When I won in high school, I too played playing basketball. One day during a particularly intense game, I three a sharp pain in my ankle. Uh, 
Wow, that's great. It does it. I hmm right away that I hmm it badly. So I knew right away that I had broken it badly. <clears throat> I had twisted it badly. That's pretty good. Um, let's stop. Can you put the infinitive form of each missing verb next to the numbers in brackets? Will it do that? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's done that. It's given me the numbers. It's given me the, the infinitive forms of the verbs that it gapped. Did it gap that one of... Okay, so it... With... with I wanted... It, it might have had... I might have had to suffer. It's just removed might. But you really want might have had. Can you give me a list of the answers? Let's see what the answers look like. Okay, stop that. Give me that list of answers, please. I'm really sort of putting ChatGPT through its paces here. Okay, sure, here are the missing verbs completed in infinitive form. No, 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 you've got it wrong, ChatGPT. So what it's doing is it's just giving me the infinitive forms of those. But it's all right. I guess I can just kind of go back into the original story to check the answers. Let's just say simply this. Can you give me the answers to the exercise? Just that. No, it's not giving me the answers in a list. Oh, no. Um, no, it is. No, I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. So it is actually giving me the answers. So it was, loved, felt, knew, had twisted, might have had. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Although it missed out past perfect in one of them. And, oh, no, she... Check my ankle and confirm that I had indeed twisted it. So because we've got indeed, you know, had indeed twisted it, I wanted it to remove both had and twisted, but it just removed had. But still, that's not bad, is it, really? I mean, that's pretty clever. Very interesting. Quite a good tool for teachers as well. For I mean, I could use that in class. I could definitely use ChatGPT in my lessons to quickly create language practice tasks that my students would have to do there on the spot. I mean, that's amazing. I'm, I'm going to have to use this in my lessons and just sort of like road test it. I've been going for a, about an hour and 40 minutes now, and I've got lots more to get through. Maybe this will be two episodes. I'll see. Anyway, next question. Can it help with Cambridge exam test preparation? Let's see if it can do a Cambridge first certificate writing task. Sample answers can help us to produce our writing. Sample answers can help us to practice our writing by providing a model which we can learn from. Right? So we're now in the realm of Cambridge exams, IELTS, uh, Cambridge Advanced uh, English Certificate, uh, First Certificate of English. Uh, can it do a, f a first certificate writing task? This is useful for, for us because... Sample answers can help us to practice our writing by providing a model which we can learn from, right? If, we, if we're, we're practicing writing these uh, exam tasks, sometimes seeing good examples can help us. And if you have a task, you can try and do it, and then you can ask ChatGPT to do it, and then you can compare, okay? So let's input, uh, let's input a task directly into ChatGPT. So this is the task. 
You've received this email from your English-speaking friend, David. This is a... Um, this is a CAE uh, writing part one. You've received this email from your English-speaking friend, David. From David. Subject, touring holiday. Here's the email. Some, friend, some college friends of mine are visiting your area soon for a week's touring holiday. They would like to travel around and learn about your local area and its history. Can you tell me about some of the places they could visit? What's the best way to travel around? Car, bike or coach? Thanks, David. And then it says, write your email. So a very typical um, CAE writing task. It says, write 140 to 190 words in an appropriate style. So if I, um, from the point of view of the examiner for a task like this, I would be looking for these things. So I want it to present it in the right way an email should look. So it should look like an email. It should be organized into a, a few paragraphs. Uh, the ideas should be organized clearly and carefully in those paragraphs. It should have a logical organization. Uh, it should conform to the, the conventions of an email. It should have um, Dear David at the start. It should um, have a, the, the right kind of ending. Um, normally, emails like this, if it's from a friend, normally you are in CAE, you are expected to uh, write in that style. So it's an informal style because you're writing to a friend. Normally in emails, uh, when you would, at the beginning, you would, you would um, uh, acknowledge the fact that this is your friend. So you would say, oh, great to hear from you, David. Nice to hear from you. Some sort of personal touch there. And also for the task, uh, we are looking for answering the specific um, request. Uh, tell me about some of the places they could visit. So we want two or three places mentioned. What's the best way to travel around? Car, bike or coach? We want an answer to that question. These are all the things that the examiner will be checking. Okay, let's see if ChatGPT does it. So this is the response that I got from ChatGPT yesterday when I asked it to do this. Oh, by the way, 140 to 190 words uh, is what we're looking for as well. Uh, Dear David, it's great to hear from you. It, I'd be happy to give some recommendations for your college friends touring holiday in our area. There are plenty of places to visit and explore around here. If your friends are interested in history, I would suggest they start with a visit to the local museum, which houses exhibits on the area's past, including its early settlements and industrial heritage. Another must visit is the Old Castle, which is one of the most famous landmarks in the region. Your friends can take a guided tour of the castle to learn about its history and its role in the area's development. As for the best way to travel around, I would recommend a car. There are several car rental agencies available in the area, and it's an efficient and flexible way to travel and explore. However, if they are more comfortable with public transport, there are several coach tours available that take visitors around the most popular sites. I hope your friends enjoy their time here and get to experience everything that, that the area has to offer. Let me know if there's anything else I can help with. Best regards, your name. It's very good. It's very good. It's a very good response. I mean, it ticks all the boxes I just mentioned. Right. It starts with that personal touch. It's great to hear from you. I'd be happy to give some recommendations. Um, it mentions the museum and it mentions the castle. I said three. I think two is probably fine, considering the number of words that you're allowed to use. Uh, it gives specific advice on the best way to travel around. Uh, it ends correctly. Is brilliant. I would say it's an excellent answer. That's just my quick 
judgment uh, there as if I was a, a CAE examiner. Another one was this. I want it to kind of train me how to write an answer like that. So I've written this. Can you give me some advice on how to do a Cambridge FCE writing task like the one I gave you? And its response was this. It said, certainly, here are some tips for approaching a Cambridge FCE writing task. Let's see if these tips are right. So it can certainly do the task. Can it teach me to do the task or help me to? So number one, read the instructions carefully. Make sure you understand the requirements of the task, including the word count, writing style, and content you're expected to include. Absolutely right. Number two, plan your writing. Spend a few minutes brainstorming and organizing your thoughts before you start writing, creating an outline or mind map to help you structure your writing. Another great bit of advice, everybody. I always tell my students that they shouldn't just start writing. They need to plan it. Just plan the paragraphs and the content of each paragraph before they start writing. Number three, use formal language. Hmm. FCE writing tasks usually require a formal tone, so make sure you use appropriate language and grammar. Avoid contractions and informal in expressions. That's not correct, is it, in this case? Because the letter to David is an informal letter. I mean, it's not super duper informal, like the language that we use when you're texting your best friend, but it's fairly informal if it's an email to a friend. So, um, Contractions are fine. In certain informal expressions are also fine. And that, in fact, contradicts what it did because we've got it's great to hear from you. I'd be happy to give some recommendations. So it, the actual task it did in the task, uh, it did use contractions and some informal language. So it sort of directly contradicted itself there. Um, number four, use a variety of language. Yeah, check your work. Practice, practice, practice. And then, you know, again, it's, it, breaks, it breaks down its advice into bullet points, which is a nice way to present the information. It's mostly good, but there's that one thing then. Point number three is not correct, and that contradicts uh, what it actually did. So, in summary, the answer was pretty good, but it got some things wrong. It said you should use a formal tone, but this isn't always the case. The email to David shouldn't be formal. In fact, this advice contradicts what it did in the writing task. It used some informal language there. It didn't refer to any assessment criteria. Um, when I teach exam classes, I try to share the assessment criteria with my students so that they can see the task from the point of view of the examiner, which helps them to... Um, do what the examiner wants, you know, and that includes things like you've got to answer those two questions. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. It didn't refer to those things. I mean, that's, it's not too bad. Um, I'm, sh I'm not sure chat GPT is consistent or reliable enough to replace proper English language teaching at this stage. But as I said before, for the conscientious, independent, autonomous learner, this can be a pretty good tool. But you've got to be, you've still got to be a bit sceptical and critical about the responses. Here's another thing it could do. Ask it to create IELTS practice tests. Now, if you're going to do IELTS, one of the most important things you need to do is practice the test again and again and again. And if you've done IELTS or whatever, and it's true for the other exams, you'll know that there are different types of, let's say, if we focus on reading at this point, if we focus on the reading part of the IELTS test, there are certain um, 
there are certain um, reading skills that each part of the reading test uh, focuses on. And the, the task types reflect those reading skills. Okay, so I asked it this. Um, can you create an IELTS reading section three practice test? Let's, see, let's do the academic version. So IELTS academic reading section three practice test. In section three, it gives you a reading text uh, in academic English, and it, um, it then gives you some statements about the text, and it asks you to decide if the statements given are true or false, or, or if, if, the, if the information is not given. Okay, so is it true, false, or not given? And that, that's important because that is, it's basically focusing your attention on um, using certain reading skills to interpret the text that you've read. Very, very carefully and specifically designed uh, reading exercise. So let's see if it does that true, false, not given, uh, which is what it should do. Okay. Can you create an IELTS academic reading section three practice test? Sure, here's an IELTS academic reading section three practice test. Reading passage three, the disappearance of the honeybee. And then it's given us a, it's given us a, it's writing a text about honeybees. I'll read some of it. Honeybees are essential to our food supply, but in recent years, there has been a significant decline in their numbers. This decline, known as colony collapse disorder, is a phenomenon in which entire colonies of bees disappear or die off. Scientists are still trying to understand the causes of CCD, but several theories have been proposed. And then it goes on to explain all of this stuff over a number of paragraphs. Okay. And here it's, it now says this, questions 27 to 30. Complete the summary below. Choose one word only from the passage for each answer. Okay, and then it's given us another text with missing words that we have to take from the passage. And then for questions 31 to 34, what is colony collapse disorder? It's giving us multiple choice questions. And that's it. Okay, that's, uh, that's a bit weird. And even question number 34... It's only given us one. It's 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 stopped halfway through generating the task, which is a bit weird. Okay, but anyway, the point is, it created a test which looked good at first glance. I think the text was good, but it was not a proper section three reading test. The test format was different, and did not follow the true false not given format of IELTS Part Three. So, this means it's not providing sufficient practice for IELTS reading section three. I think. Each part of IELTS, as I said, is specifically designed to test different reading skills, and each reading test is very carefully created to test those skills. ChatGPT didn't do this to the same standard as you would find in proper IELTS test preparation materials. It didn't do the true-false not given test type, um, and therefore it's not really sufficient practice, I would say. Uh, I'd love to investigate that further and to see to see whether it's able to create the right kind of tasks. My impression is that it's not at this point. That is where we're going to stop part two. We'll continue this in part three. I hope you're enjoying these episodes and finding them useful. Don't forget to leave your comments in the comments section if you have something to say about the things that are happening in this episode. Uh, we're going to continue in part three of this episode, which will be available soon. In fact, it might be available now. Uh, so check the episode description for links for 
part three and for part one if you missed that. In part three, I will be attempting to get answers to these questions. Can you use ChatGPT like a dictionary? Can it give us the same information about words that we can find in a good dictionary? Can it give us correct definitions, information about parts of speech, pronunciation, example sentences, synonyms, antonyms, collocations? Can it provide information about the etymology of words and phrases? Uh, basically, can ChatGPT do the job of a good dictionary? Can it transcribe things into phonemic script? And when it does transcribe into phonemic script, which accent is it using? Does it accurately transcribe things into British English pronunciation, or is it just standard American pronunciation? Can it convert between different dialects of English? For example, will it convert American English into British English, or maybe into specific dialects of British English? Can it do that? Is it able to help us to use the right sentence stress, word stress, pausing and intonation when reading things out loud? Can it help us to use our voice effectively in presentations? Can it help us practice grammar by creating grammar quizzes or tests? And are those tests reliable? Are they good, well-designed tests? Can it help you to remember vocabulary as well with tests and quizzes? And can it help you remember words and spelling with mnemonic memory devices? Um, can ChatGPT create text adventure games just for fun or maybe text adventure games to help you learn English in specific ways? Can it adapt its English to different levels? For example, if you are a lower level student, can you ask it to adapt in a more comprehensible form of English? And um, what are my overall thoughts and conclusions about ChatGPT? All of that coming up in part three, which will be available very soon or maybe now. But that's it for part two. Thank you so much for listening and I will speak to you in the next part. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.